The Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Father, speak to each of us today and saturate us in your holy word so that we might be set apart and made holy through your power. Reveal to us how we can be and live as your holy people in this place. Guide us, we pray, in the name of Jesus, in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be holy. You could hear this different ways. You will be holy. You shall be holy. You are holy. Right? Sounds great. Now, all we need to know is what does it mean? What does it mean to be holy? What does holy mean? What does it mean? What do you reckon? Sacred? Different? Separated? Set apart? Complete? Bit of shalom in there as well? Bit of wholeness? Yep. It's actually tough to define. It's really, really tough. And what does it mean? Is God calling you today to be a a holy Joe? Is that what he's saying? Be holy? Be a holy Joe? Be a do-gooder that tries hard to do the right thing? Good stuff? And if that were the case, wouldn't God have commanded us to be do-gooders or good people? But the call is clear. It's a call to be holy, which must be more than just being and doing good things. Maybe it's more than being set apart. Maybe it's more than being whole. What if I asked you to give me an analogy that powerfully illustrates what it means to be holy? It's tough. Or maybe you could show me something in the, in the vastness of God's creation that will illustrate to me what it is to be holy. Nothing measures up. I mean, you can look at the most beautiful landscape in front of you and think, Wow, a holy God did this, but doesn't define it. Before we lose heart, maybe you could, maybe you could tell me what holiness isn't. And then by a process of elimination at the end, maybe I'll know what it is. But my hunch is that by the time we've finished the longest Lutheran lunch next weekend, we, we would be here all week trying to do that, trying to eliminate stuff. What's with this? Holy, we sing it, we speak it, we read it in the Bible hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of times, like probably over 800 times it's throughout the Scriptures, but we can't nail down what it is. So my question is, how can you be holy as the Lord calls you to be today if you can't put your finger on what being holy is? Here's my best effort for you. I'm going to tell you up front that it's not good enough. Here's my best effort to describe what holy means. And you'll see I can't do it. Four things. One, the ultimate source of holiness is God and not human. It kind of doesn't tell you what it is. It tells you what its source is. Two, it's the total otherness of a holy God that engages us in a fearful and wonderful mystery. Three, holiness belongs to the being and activity of God. That is, it's everything God is and does is holy. Oh boy. Number four, like life itself, holiness is both a power that God can give to make people or things holy and it's a state of being like we sing 
uh, or say God is holy. It, it doesn't measure up. It's not good enough. I know that. Sat there and I struggled over it and I'm like, this, this, isn't, this isn't adequate. And yet there's a wonderful reason why. This wonderful truth is that God has perfectly and purposely set things up this way. He did it because holiness is not something God intended for dictionary definitions. He didn't intend it for that. Holiness isn't something for us to read about in books or to talk about. Holiness is something that God wants each one of you, this whole church and the world, to experience through an encounter, a personal encounter with a holy God. And Leviticus, I don't know if you've read the book of Leviticus lately, I hadn't, but it centres on the fact that your God, who is absolutely holy, wants to be present amongst his people in a special and unique way. And so Leviticus paints this picture of the structures required for sinful and unholy people to encounter that which is holy and perfectly clean without dying in the process. And so through these structures, which were, uh, if you've ever read Leviticus, it's full of animal sacrifices for sin and guilt along with various ceremonial requirements which are a bit like a, a safety barrier in fact. God invites sinful and unholy people to come to him and to participate in the holiness of his presence. It's an amazing thing. It's a place where God speaks his words of instruction and blessing into their lives and where he does renewing and cleansing but he also makes people holy. He makes people holy and the Bible calls that sanctification. So when you read in the scriptures, you were justified, you were sanctified, right? Sanctified, made holy, all right? God takes ordinary people and he makes them holy. It's amazing. But he also takes it a step further than the holiness of any one individual. God makes people holy for the blessing and protection of the faith community. People made holy are called to live according to what they've been given. So holy people don't show partiality no matter what people's circumstances are, whether they're rich or poor or whether they're lowly or great. And that's countercultural because people who are considered great in society, they get the red carpet rolled out for them. People do show them preference. There are, there are events and things that I can't get into because I'm not considered great. I'm this lowly person. Holy people are called to treat everyone fairly and with a measure of mercy. God requires that holy people won't spend their days, and this is a big one, in gossip, slandering the character of other people, but he requires that they would be grace-filled and encouraging in their words. God expects that the church, his church, won't be characterised by hatred for each other. And why would that be? Because other than it has no place in the community of faith among the saints, God's holy people. Hatred has no place there. So he calls his people to love each other from the heart and serve each other's best interests. God requires that you don't long for any kind of personal payback whether you carry that out or whether you harbour it in your thought life. 
He wants to see his people at prayer and repaying evil with good. And people made holy will strive. They're going to strive hard to avoid sins of the flesh. They're just going to want to do that. They're going to want to do that and instead present their bodies as instruments of righteousness. Why do you think God has these expectations? Because when you live in rebellion to God's expectations, you desecrate, you desecrate what God has made holy. Imagine that, what flows from your heart to your tongue and any kind of sinful act actually desecrates you and makes you unclean. Desecration takes something that is holy and clean and it pollutes it. It pollutes it so that it becomes unclean and unrighteous and unholy. And what impact does that have on your life? Wow, it keeps people away from church. It affects the whole community. It wreaks havoc. And often, so sadly, in its wake, it leaves people who go through their entire lives feeling desecrated, unclean, unholy, unworthy of God's grace. And that's not good enough. That's not what God wants. And what about people who are watching Christians? Because people are watching us. The world is watching you. Sometimes they see the church desecrating itself, defiling itself and they don't want to have anything to do with it. God doesn't want that. He doesn't want that for those people who have been sinned against. He doesn't want it for those who have sinned against God, who have sinned against themselves and even if they've sinned against other people, He doesn't want that. What God wants is to restore people and to renew a holy people for Himself. That's what God wants. And so ask yourself today, Where are you at in your life? Is your life in need of some renewal? Is your life in need of some cleansing from a holy God? If you're honest, have your words and actions desecrated the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is your body? Have your words and have your actions impacted other people? Soap, detergent, Constant scrubbing, soap with grit in it that really gets the dirt off, doesn't help here. You can't wash off the effects of sin. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. And in Leviticus this happened through animal sacrifice, through ritual washings, through structures God set up to provide for His people. But for those of you who turn to Christ Jesus You are recipients of a new and better covenant, the Bible says. A covenant sealed not with the blood of animals, but with Jesus' holy and precious blood. Because apart from Jesus, who tabernacled among us, God's call to holiness today, it's unattainable. You can't ever measure up without Jesus. You just can't. But for you who believe in Jesus Christ, look to him for help, all things are possible. It's an invitation. You know, through his cross, through the cross of Christ, Jesus bore for you every every sinful act of desecration. You know that through the cross, every word of slander, 
cutting down other people's character, was borne by him. On the cross, the hatred of the world that we participate in, sometimes unknowingly, sometimes knowingly, sometimes we don't mean to do it and it just rolls off the tongue. He carried with arms stretched out, hands nailed to the cross. The God who didn't vow payback willingly bore the stench and it's a stench of an unclean people. And that's a beautiful message, even though it sounds disgusting. Jesus cleanses, he cleans unclean people. Jesus has cleansed you. He's cleansed you. And so the promise of Leviticus chapter 19 verses 1 and 2, if you want to go back and read it sometime during the week, you will be holy, you shall be holy, you are holy, is fulfilled and applied to your life today through Jesus Christ and his cross. The cross has literally changed and transformed your life. Paul says you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. What does that mean? He unpacks it and he says that that is our righteousness, that is our holiness, that is our redemption. And so we can't define holiness. That's fine, that's okay. That doesn't matter if we can't define it. We know through Jesus' sacrificial love, through the mystery of faith in Jesus, we have a share in his righteousness, in his holiness, in his redemption that we would never know, we would never ever know apart from him. And so it's out of pure joy, it's out of pure gladness that we respond to him today in prayer and with songs of praise as we strive to live as in God's presence and to strive to live holy lives even as Christ has made us holy. We can't define it. We can't define it. But God's holiness leads us to respond to him and to love him as Jesus said with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. We can't define it but we know that participating in God's holiness like you are right now manifests itself as we live in community, loving your neighbour as yourself. We can't define it but we know that it increases the love that we have for one another and how we interact as a community of faith. It's a holy priesthood. We can't define it. But being in the presence of God's holiness, you know, it protects you from evil. And beyond you and the people sitting next to you today, God's holiness is the generator. It's the generator of your love for people beyond the boundaries and the windows and the property and the nature strip of this place. So if I asked you, are you energised for mission? Are you energised for that? Or not? And if not, why might that be? There's a young lawyer in the parable of the Good Samaritan that asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbour? Maybe you're wondering that, who's my neighbour? Who is this love your neighbour as yourself? Jesus' answer was as clear then as it is today. It's anyone who is in need, no matter who they are. Anyone who's in need, no matter who they are. That's your neighbour. That's your neighbour. It's people here around you in the church. We all have needs. If you know about them and you're aware of them, then try and meet it. But it's equally the people you run into through your week. 
Jesus is calling you to see them as your neighbour and to serve them. And if you're still not sure, ask God to show you the need. You ask God, he answers. He'll show you. Guarantee it. He'll surprise you. Who do you know that's in need of renewal? Who do you know that's in need of cleansing and forgiveness available in the name of Jesus Christ? Contact them. Contact them this week. Drop in on them. Say good day. Don't Bible bash them. Be a friend. Be a neighbour. Who do you know that would benefit from being in the holy presence of the Lord your God like you are today? Be practical for them. Remember that God has gifted and equipped you to serve with what you have. Have you invited them to the longest Lutheran lunch? Ask God for help. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. Today in worship, today in the Word of God, saturated in it, you've been sharing in the holiness of God who shows up, who shows up to teach you, who shows up to bless you, who shows up to renew you, sanctify you, make you holy. And that's because holiness isn't about definitions, it's not about knowledge. It's about a God who is alive. It's about a God who is here acting and working in your life. Holiness is something that God wants you and the world to experience through faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would have a renewed desire for worship. I pray that you would have a renewed desire to encounter the holy and living God. I pray that you would have a renewed desire to be in the Word, the Word that sanctifies you, makes you holy in its truth and also to confess a new desire to confess in the sure knowledge that God will continue to renew you and to forgive you and to call you to live as his justified and sanctified and Holy Spirit-filled people, a holy and royal priesthood in this world. Let's pray. Holy God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you do wonderful things for us as we gather in your name and in your holy presence for worship. Thank you that you sanctify your people, that you make each person here holy and call them to live each day in your presence and with a sense of the importance of your call. Help us to open your word each day. Help us to know the power and the protection and the blessings that you fill us with. Lord, give us willing hearts that worship you with gladness. Give us willing hearts that love the people that you've brought into our lives in ways that would bless them and help them and encourage them and lead them to glorify you. Father, help us to do this every day. In Jesus' name we pray.